Good morning and welcome to School of Parenting on River Radio with myself, Rachel Tyrrell. And my guest this morning this morning is Melanie Perry. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, Rachel. From Poppy Perry Media. Now, Melanie is an award-winning filmmaker. Multi-award-winning <laughs> filmmaker. And is going to be talking us to, to us today about creativity, Um particularly amongst younger people. Um, and Melanie's going to be chatting about this dreaming to doing that I'm really excited to hear all about. So welcome to the show, Melanie. It's great to have to have you back. I think the last time we had we, we had you here, you'd just possibly just won your award, I think. So, um, so really exciting to have you back again and talking about the importance of creativity. Now, if, if, if our listeners have got any questions... You can email Rachel at river.radio with questions for Melanie, or you can send us a tweet or a message on Instagram, Facebook, all at River Radio Live. And as always, you can listen to us on your mobile, uh, Google app, Apple app. You can ask Alexa to play River Radio. You can listen through our website, river.radio. Um, and of course, on DAB. So even as you're driving along in your car now. Um, so Melanie, tell us a little bit about you first and Poppy Perry Media. Well, Poppy Perry Media was born about four and a half years ago now. That doesn't really seem possible. And um, it it was a business I started almost by accident. Um, I've been in the entertainment uh, industry for quite a long time, having worked for the Walt Disney Company and Virgin. And so I'm very, very passionate about brand and I'm very, very passionate about good visuals and, and good advertising and good communication. Those things are my passion. And uh, my business started when I created a set of videos for a lady that I networked with um, who was starting her own business and Mm. wanted to do something a little bit different. So I said, okay, well, instead of just just creating a video about, you know, who you are, let's do a series of videos that really explains the process of, you know, who you are, what they're going to get and have a testimony at the end. So we created like a a series of four. And um, the, the people that saw these videos um, because I branded it nicely put some lovely graphics on so on and so forth and um, it it just went through the roof and from that day forward I have not stopped making video for business excellent (laughs) and it and it is isn't there there I know we we did briefly touch on it um, uh, before when you came in um, that for small businesses video is really the way to go isn't it because people want to see the real people behind well they not do. just small businesses yeah, but all businesses yeah. but they do want to see the people don't they behind yeah, the absolutely humans. i mean the, the stats around video marketing are huge mm. and, and they can't be ignored and if you're a small business yes people do want to see the face behind the business that's a very big part of it but there's a lot more you can do with video, video creatively. There's a lot of small businesses that I talk to. So I, I don't want to be in front of the camera. I really mm. hate it. Mm. And you know what? That's absolutely fine. There are lots of other ways you can incorporate video into your video marketing plan without you having to go on camera every five minutes. Because my argument with, with that is if you're on camera all the time talking about your business, who's running your business? Mm. Mm. You know, you're either a video producer or you're a massage therapist, mm. or you're whatever, you're whatever your particular business is. So while it is very, very prudent to show up and let people see who you are, you do need to think about other creative ways mm. of incorporating video into your 
social media campaigns and video is just moving graphics if you just think about it as moving graphics it draws Mm. the eye it keeps the attention which is why the stats around those sort of video marketing as opposed to just pictorial marketing Mm. are are so massive because people stay on video a lot longer because it's Mm. drawing the eye yeah well when you're scrolling through that's what you know stops me I know if there's a video playing I will probably pause a lot longer than if just I was just happening. if yeah. it was just a, just a still picture so uh, so you um start started up your own business then you've been going strong since then and then obviously we had the events of the past two years I think we're mm. all fed up of the word aren't we <laughs> basically yes. but that led you down the path of being a multi award-winning filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. Well, it led me down two paths. Uh, I, I first started when everything came to a halt and production had to stop right in the very beginning. Um, my first thought was, "Oh my goodness, how am I going to survive? Because I can't go mm. out and see anyone. I can't go out and film. What am I going to do?" And this is where we'll talk about this a little bit later on, where where creative thinking came, comes into play. And I had to pivot my business, and I had to really concentrate on the things that I could do from home Mm. and that led to me getting a lot more video editing work both in terms of sound and visuals and I also learnt about animations okay and I got quite good at animations quite quickly and I also invested in a lot of programs that enabled me to adapt certain animations for other purposes uh, quickly and easily you know I make no bones about it I'm not an animator I can't sit there and draw from scratch a perfectly great 3d Mm. animated character I mean that's a whole different skill set but what I was able to do was just turn my business to something a little bit different that kept me constantly busy Mm. throughout the lockdown period Coming towards the end of lockdown, when production was allowed to then continue under very strict guidelines, I found that although I was busy and it was great, I I missed people. Mm -hmm. I really missed people. I needed to get out and see people. If I don't don't get out of seeing these four walls and get away from my husband and child, I will not be responsible for my actions. (laughs) You know, I love them dearly. We can relate. Lots of us can relate. But (laughs) enough was enough. And so I was constantly glued to to various film industry websites, making sure of the rules and regulations. And once it was clear that we we could continue, I put a call out to some people that I knew from my stint. I used to do a stint on Wickham Sound Radio and I had a lot of friends there. And I said, you know, who wants to come and make a film with me? Mm. Because if we make a film, we're allowed to see each other and we don't Uh have to wear masks. Okay. Crew had to wear masks, mm. make that very clear. We didn't break any rules, but mm. if you're on camera, obviously, um, you, you didn't have to wear a mask. So I said, who's in? Mm. And surprisingly enough, I got quite a huge response saying, yes, yes, I'll come. Make Everybody was desperate to leave <laughs> Everyone was desperate to leave the house. <laughs> and uh, so once I got my little crew together, and I did put a call out on social media for, for some extras and people that I that I wanted. And so we built up this little team, some people I knew, some people I'd never met before at all. And we put together this little short comedy that was filmed in High Wycombe. Um, we got sponsorship from High Wycombe businesses. Um, Bucks, Buckinghamshire Council were absolutely amazing. Um, Zip e-scooters, got to give a big shout out to them because they um, donated three scooters for us to use for our, for our project. Um, and they were just fantastic to work with. So go, mm. go. If you're in the, the, the High Wycombe area or Amersham area, do go and have a go of the scooters because they're, mm. they're fabulous and they're, they're quite addictive. Um, so we, we just all came together. And I think the reason it works so well is because people were so desperate for that human connection mm. again. Mm. 
And so the the team really, really bonded and really gelled really, really well. We're, we're all still friends mm. now. You know, we all still keep in touch, which is marvellous. And the energy on the set was just tremendous. And I think that's what's made it special because it comes across, mm. um, you know, in the film. So what's the name of the film? And can people still watch it? Yeah, they now? can. The, the name of the film is Scooch. It's a mm. short film. It's, it's a comedy. Um, my inspiration was taken from the old Carry On films needing comedies. So it's a very British, very, mm. very silly film. Um, and you can, it's streaming on demand on Vimeo. So if you go to www.vimeo forward slash on demand forward slash scooch, S C O O T C H, then people could go and, pick, go and watch it from there. Great. Excellent. And so I introduced you as an award winning filmmaker, and you've corrected me and said you're multi award winning. So we've got to talk about this multi. We've got 11 now. Before we get onto the, the creativity <laughs> section. That's yeah. 11. Mm. 11 reads. We've got six award wins, um, international award wins. We have uh, had two honourable mentions. We've had made finalist twice and we've made semi-finalist once, I think. And we've got one semi-finalist in progression at the moment. So yeah. we're keeping our fingers crossed that that will turn into something more yeah. um, when, they, when they do their final announcements. And then we've got a couple... No, probably more than that. We've probably got about six or seven to go before the end of the year. Because I said to the team, we'll do the, the film festival circuit for a year, see how it goes. And then wow. at the end of this year, I will pull it off. But yeah. um, we're still going strong at the moment. So if you look at my Facebook banner, there's me in a lot, a lot of golden boots behind <laughs> me. And they're getting added. So um, it's something that I'm tremendously, tremendously proud of. So. Oh, well, congratulations. I mean, why, what has made it so successful? I mean, that that's a huge number of awards. I know you were really chuffed when you'd got the first yeah, award. Yeah, but, but that's, I mean, that's brilliant. I mean, for me and, and any filmmakers or content producer, out there will will probably relate to what I'm going to say now it's just for me it's the joy of getting my content out there getting it seen by people and having it enjoyed by people Mm. um and when when you win something and and you've got some good feedback so we we really enjoyed it Um, a lot of film festivals don't give you feedback through you either Mm. get through or you don't and Mm. then you either win or you don't um we, we we had a couple that we weren't selected for um that did provide us with some lovely feedback, which was which was fantastic and unexpected. Um, we did put our we put we put our film into a range of festivals, some small, some big. Mm. Um, the one that I'm actually quite proud of is, is not. It sounds strange because it's not a film festival that we were selected for, but it was a huge, huge film festival, the UK Film Festival, which is global, okay. and they have thousands and thousands and thousands of entries from all over the globe. And I put it in there, and I, I really wasn't expecting anything uh, at all, and we, we didn't get through to selection. But they did send us a lovely, lovely email saying, you know, sorry for the generic email, um, but... Um, you know, please don't be disheartened because if you are receiving this email, then you made the top thirty long list. Wow! Now, that in itself for 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 our, for our little for our little awards. film that was really made well, two hundred and ten pounds it cost to make. <laughs> that was our budget. Um, so it was really a zero budget film for, for for us to have got on the long list for a festival of that caliber is epic and. Yeah. Although we didn't get through to selection, that's probably the one I'm most proud of because it is phenomenal. Yes. Um, yeah. And it has definitely encouraged me to keep going um, and thinking, well, look, if this is what we can do when we had people that really didn't know what we were doing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> think about what I've learned along the way. And the next time around, because there will be a next time around, I'm, 
I'm planning something, um, then it would be done on a much uh, grander scale. So I did want to ask you that. Is there another one? Is there another one? That's there won't the be. I'm, I'm not planning, like a, yeah, I'm not planning a follow-off of Scooch um, just yet, although people have asked. But I, um, I don't know how much I can say, but I'm, I'm planning, all being well, to, to do a full, full-length feature film um, and it's something that we will apply for funding for so that we will get ah. a much bigger crew who will be paid properly and not expected to do okay. it for free like we all, all volunteers yeah. that put our yeah. time into Scooch. Um, but we want to do it on a much grander scale and it will be split um, over a couple of countries as well. So it's going to be a much, much bigger deal and it will probably take a good two years or so to actually come into production. But um, wow. Baby steps Ex- at the moment. That's yeah. really exciting. It's a good story. It? It'd be great if it comes off. So yeah, my, my next my next ambition is the BAFTAs. And from there, the Golden Globes, you know, Why the not? Golden Globes and the, the Academy Awards. Why not? I'll get on that podium before I'm 60. Well, Melanie, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to give you a little bit of a break. Um, thank you so much for telling us all, all about how it started. And we, and we, we, we are going to be t- talking about creativity and exactly how important that is. And you've mentioned that it was creative thinking that enabled you to pivot and move your business um, as you did. And obviously it, it's been successful. Um, and also we um, we need to talk about what you've also mentioned, the working from home, because a certain somebody was in a national newspaper <laughs> talking about this. And the fact that, you know, people were so um, keen to get out because they wanted to leave their homes. Um, so we, we've, we've got to chat about that article, which was, which was I, I loved reading it. It was, um, yeah, so for all those families out there, yeah, working from home and talking about the experiences of being in your home with your kids and your husband and whatever, and you're all trying to still work. And Melanie's made a really <laughs> face then. Um, Look at this is right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we have yeah so we've we've definitely got to talk about that so so keep listening um but also just also you know chatting about this dreaming to doing um talk that you've been giving to uh teenagers really inspiring we've got um put your records on with kareen bailey ray windsor windsor ascot, ascot. maidenhead, maidenhead. Bracknell. Bracknell. wokingham, wokingham. Henley. henley reading reading okay Ta-da! The voice River Radio of the Thames Valley. Three little birds sat on my window and they told me I don't need to worry. Summer came like cinnamon, so sweet. Little girls double dutch on the concrete. i 
Welcome back to River Radio and School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell. And my guest this morning is Melanie Perry from Poppy Perry Media. And um, Melanie is an award-winning filmmaker, multi-award winning filmmaker. So we've just been chatting, chatting about how Melanie... um, began her media business and um, and the brilliant film um, that she made during lockdown, Scooch, which you can still watch on Vimeo. Um, and also basically all the awards that, uh, that Melanie's won for that. So it's lovely having you on the show, Melanie. Thank you. Um, now, um, you've mentioned about the creative thinking and how you actually you you know you had to do some of that to basically pivot in the pandemic and and change what you were doing basically because obviously it's your own business that you know that that's that's your income so and what you've you've uh, begun doing is now chatting to teenagers about that with this dreaming to doing um that you that you've been talking about so tell us tell us about that well, I, I, I mean, Dreaming to Doing started off as a talk to adults um, in business and I recently got the opportunity to give that talk to a bunch of much younger people um, and so I had to modify it okay. slightly. Yeah. But uh, the principles are the same because it strikes me that um, we are all taught a certain way and we get ideas in our lodged in our heads that we have to go through life a certain way and we have to learn things a certain way and we have to do and be a certain way to succeed in life and then as we grow up and we get much older we feel very dissatisfied a lot of the time with 
the things that we've been doing or the career paths that we've chosen or we're not achieving the things that we want to and then when you go down that route of why is this happening and you get involved in the whole mindset um, way of things you suddenly get a whole new education which is basically telling you to unlearn Mm. everything you pretty much learned at school Mm. (laughs) you know and it's just like gosh you know there's something in this why aren't we teaching our kids to have the right mindset right Mm. from when they're young Mm. you know and I'm not saying at all that your basic education isn't really important Mm. so you know literacy learning maths and everything is 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 very important because again if you're even if you're creative if you go into business you still need to know how the accounts work Mm. you still need to know how your marketing and advertising works and all that kind of stuff so your business basics um are really really important but when you come up against problems like you know I did in the pandemic you know creative thinking is really really important and even if you're working for somebody in an office, you know, if your boss has got a problem or your your department or team is facing a problem, if you can think outside of the box and mm. come up with a solution that is good for everybody, that's not going to break the budget and, and do mm. all the things they don't want it to do, then, you know, you're in a win-win situation. So I'm on a bit of a crusade to, to, to keep creativities in schools because that's one thing that seems to really suffer you mm. know when there are budget cuts you know the arts departments get cuts mm. the music department gets cuts in, and all you know the playing fields get sold off mm. you know and you suddenly find that the kids going through schools you know aren't having any of the practical stuff that mm. they really enjoy you know the, the sports have gone because the sports fields have gone their dance classes have gone mm. their music lessons have gone um their science practical mm lessons have gone because there's Mm. not the room or the budget to do it and kids need this stuff they need to be expressive you know and there's been so much research on different learning styles as well and I think I'm not sure whether you've had on your program um a fantastic lady called Sarah Brazner who yes she has she's been on with Claire Cogan who is our yeah teen specialist yeah they are two fantastic fantastic ladies and 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 so essential because if you have a child in your class who is behaving in a, a different way, it doesn't mean that they're stupid. It doesn't mean that they're not paying attention. But what it could mean is that they're just learning in a different way. And it doesn't mean that they're necessarily autistic or on the spectrum mm. or they've got some learning disorder. It just means that their learning style is different. Mm. Now, in schools, we're all taught you know, face face forward. The teacher talks, you listen you do what the teacher says mm. uh, and, and that's the way it is. And I know that it's very difficult. It would be very difficult to break that because obviously teachers have, what, 30 pe- children in their class at any one time and, and you kind of have to cope with the masses. Mm. But there are a lot of children falling through the cracks who aren't particularly um, ac- academic in the standard way, but they're brilliant at other things. Mm. Mm. And the industries that are now available to children when they leave school there are huge amounts in the creative industries huge amounts you know we we desperately need to keep our children drawing and thinking creatively because the jobs out there now demand it Mm. you know thinking of the gaming industry alone you know it's worth billions well, Claire Cogan, who um, is a teen specialist, was she mentioned recently um, on the show about how, you know, there's lots of teenagers now and, you know, with their parents and that they are questioning 
again and it is time perhaps to question this traditional route I mean we she was talking about it in regards to exam and the pressures and all those sorts of things that that actually it doesn't have to be that you know really academic a levels then you go on to university then you go on and that's actually not uh, you know necessarily the best thing for everybody yeah. and I think what you're talking about there with creativity I mean there are schools out there who are more progressive mm-hmm. and they are looking at those things as part of their curriculum but I absolutely agree it's not enough because because of the pressures that are on the teachers and the the I call it you know the box ticking yeah. um, in terms of the those core things that have to be done and you're right in in um, schools where the classes are 30 kids that's a huge pressure on mm. on on the teachers so even those these things are being introduced and have been and some schools are taking it further than other mm. schools um, yeah, it's really tricky, it's, isn't it? It's hard. I mean, I don't know what the answer. Well, I know what the answer is is more budget, but you know, yeah, but I don't think yeah. education is going to get that for a month of Sundays. Um, but you know, you're thinking about the creative industries and 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 take the film industry for for one. The amount of people involved on a, on a film, um, the, the storyboard artists. You know, if you've got a child who's always doodling in school, don't mm. tell them off. Encourage them. Mm. They could be the next great storyboard artist or mm. animator of their generation. Mm. You know, I had a conversation with um, a dad who who's got a little boy that goes to school with my son, and he, oh, he's always drawing. He's always drawing. And I said, but, but why is that a bad thing? Mm. I said, where do you think the Disney animators come from? Where do you think the gaming, mm. you know, creators come from? Mm. The storyboard art, you know, in, in these big feature films that you see that are worth millions, all of those scenes have been hand-drawn by somebody to create the storyboard before it even goes, mm. starts getting made so that the producers, directors can see what it's going to look like before they they go ahead and make it. You know, and if we lose all of those things, and in the film industry especially, we are crying out for people to do those sort of skills, our sound engineers, mm. the musicians, the dressmakers, the seamstresses, the, the people that, that create and do all of the props, you know, they're, they're not coming through. Mm. And it's not just in Britain, it, it's a global issue. And if those people don't come through, our film industry in 20 years' time is going to look very, very different if we don't have the people mm. that we need to make these things happen. Well, I know with the English curriculum, creative writing has definitely been a much bigger area in the past sort of um, however you know maybe five to ten years where it was almost a little bit non-existent it had almost gone off the syllabus um, whereas that's coming in and I know Mm. some you know teachers struggle with that because you'll have the children who they want to know what's right or what's wrong or it's all very sort of like black and white and the creativity, you can have someone who could be highly academic, have the most beautiful handwriting, um, ask them to sit down and write a story. And, you know, it's, and, and you kind of think, well, why? Why is that the case? Is it because we've almost encouraged them to, to be a certain way or, yeah. or that creativity hasn't been nurtured? And it starts to do this and you must yes. do that. And, and there's a way, there's a way to do things. And we teach our children that right from a very, very young age. And again, it's, it's a fine line, isn't it? You know, you can't have your children running around like animals. They do have mm. to conform mm. to some point. But we need to have a little bit more, I don't think, freedom of thought and let mm. children 
because again I, I've done it myself and my my son's been doing something and I said no that you're doing that wrong mm. do it this way and then I mm. catch myself think whoa mm. <laughs> no let him just flow with it and see what see what comes out of it and then we can talk about it and he can go off and you know, maybe improve or whatever but as adults you know we're quite good at telling our children you're doing that the wrong way mm. you know mm. if that your child wants to color the clouds pink rather than blue or or white or that's wrong you should it shouldn't be that color and it probably does start at a really young age and doesn't it stuck. even though that and then well i just think of that whole coloring you know within the lines yes, <laughs> sort yes. of thing yeah. you know that all children seem to asp- aspire to well that message has come from somewhere yeah, hasn't it <laughs> exactly and there's a wonderful book that i talk about a lot called the element how finding your passion changes everything by sir ken robinson okay. and this changed my life big time um, with the creative thinking there's a wonderful story in in the front where you know, a little girl in the class who was always fidgeting and always doodling and, and drawing and um, always getting told off for it and then one day she they were I think they were doing an art class and she so she was drawing and the teacher let her be and the teacher went over to her and said oh what, what are you drawing and she said I'm drawing a picture of God and the teacher said well nobody knows what God looks like and the little girl said well they will in a minute <laughs> and that's children for you know they're very short in their minds yes and then we come along and say no you can't if you're drawing a picture of jesus well he has to have long hair a beard and sandals yeah yeah why does he yes who's i've never met jesus personally he might not have loved that at all yes yeah no that's exactly exactly right so with the uh, i mean you you know you've mentioned about even as adults as well this whole creativity um i mean now what's happening i suppose a lot more with um um, adults if you like is we're having several careers we're not necessarily so that I mean that's obviously a good thing we've progressed in that um, people aren't staying in a job that they find completely unfulfilling and not satisfied in for decades and decades which might have been the case you know yeah. decades ago yeah. people are saying actually this isn't fulfilling I'm not content I'm, I'm gonna look and so you've mentioned that book about sort of finding Finding passion it is so it is happening it that is happening a lot more so I guess that's that's good in terms of role models and Absolutely. and and you know we're showing children it is possible it is and I think with the talk that I gave to the to the kids was you know if there is something that is burning in your heart your burning desire if you're always drawing if you're always talking getting up and and you know you're the showman or if your kids are constantly saying to you, I want to be this, I want to be that, I want to be a poet, I want to be a singer, I want to mm. be a dancer, they love dancing, whatever it is. Instead of immediately coming to try and get in from that safe mode, oh no, you don't want to be a dancer because they never earn any money, you'll be poor forever if you're on the stage. Mm. You know, all these kind of stereotypes. We want to keep our kids safe, of course we do. Mm. But you might come from a long line of doctors, but your your son doesn't want to be a doctor, he wants to be on the West End Theatre. Mm. You know, mm. let him be that mm. if that's mm. what he is and the children i was talking to, to to make your dreams come true you know you can really do anything but it's recognizing what that passion is inside of you mm. and then going out and finding the people that can support you mm. and i said you know unfortunately and this might not be a popular view but parents and teachers are usually the ones battening you down because mm. they're trying to keep you safe mm. oh you can't do that because it's you can't and again they, they will have stereotypical ideas that have been brought on them from their parents mm. acting oh you can't a certain type of person doesn't we, we don't do that in our family mm. 
But you so know what? how can so you're dreaming to doing is 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 talking to children um, of that age in schools who are and and sort of saying what well, this is possible or mm. um, if you've got a passion about a particular area what look into yeah, it a little bit look, more exactly or? look into it and try and get your parents you know on board mm. to understand how you feel mm. don't just accept no especially when you're teenagers don't just accept no. You know, and parents, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm including myself in this, are very fond of saying just no, because you mm. just want to end the conversation yeah. and go over on something else. But children, they need to understand. And if they do have a talent for something or they do have a burning desire, even if you don't think that they've got a talent, explore it with them. Explore it with them. Go and find a drama club or an art class or something so that they can yeah, explore it more and see if they really do like it or not. Mm. They might go to an art class and think after a couple of sessions, oh, actually, no, this isn't for me. Mm. But to be shut down right from the word go, they'll fight you on it. You know, and... And probably remember that you shut them down. Yeah, and schools, (laughs) you know, invite people in to come and speak who are in the creative industries. Um, If that's what you're you're seeing a a bent for, you know, all kids these days want to be YouTubers, you know. Do you know what? Why don't you get a famous YouTuber and actually get talk to the kids about what it actually is like being a YouTuber? I'd love to be part of that conversation because we've... we've, There's a lot more to it than people think. We've had that debate in our house. I'm like, really? Do they earn money? How does that work then? What course do you need to do to do that? (laughs) How how did you start? How did you get going? What tech do you need to know? I mean, I've I've been sorting out a a new live broadcast. I'm just trying to bolt together and the tech tech end behind it is an absolute nightmare but it's kind of like you know it's not just a guy just getting up and, and whacking on you know you'll, yeah. you'll find that actually they probably are quite technical they know about a lot about live streaming they know a lot about merchandising they know yes. a lot about money you know these kids say buy my merch buy my merch you know there's lots of other things that you need to understand so it's kind of that's what I keep saying to my son about, I want to be a YouTuber I said well to be a YouTuber you need to understand about retail okay what are you going to sell mm-hmm what are you yeah. going to, how are you going to make your money? What you, you know, if you get a million subscribers, what are they going to buy from you? They're going mm. to buy you your hoodie and your key ring and your this, you know, and he sort of looks at me. So there's a whole range of, of stuff. And again, some, some YouTubers do make millions. Yeah. Millions. One, one guy was over at the cinema, with the cinema watching um, the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie. And my son that lit, bounced out of his seat at one point and went, that's Preston Plays. And Preston Plays is a, a YouTuber who's got squillions and millions of subscribers. Ah. And he's somebody that my son follows playing these you know, Roblox games or whatever have you. And, and he's got a cameo in the Sonic movie. And my oh, son nearly right. had heart failure. Preston Plays, mummy. Oh, like, oh, oh, yeah, it is. You know, and then I had yeah. to look it up and then he, you know, he got yeah. part in this in this thing. I said, so you never know where opportunities can come from if, if all eyeballs are on you. You know, sponsors come to you, people... You know, he probably makes a lot in advertising because, you know, if you've got 200 million eyes on your content, you know, people are going to want to put ads in your stuff, you know. So there's lots of things to... So, you know, I think schools could get on board a little bit by by knowing what the kids are into and inviting relevant people from... I mean, they're not all American, you know. I'm sure there are some some British, famous British ones, you know, that could come and and come into schools and actually say, well, this this is how I did it. This is what it takes. Yeah. And again, for some some kids, they're not going to want to know because they're going to realise it's probably a little bit more hard work than they thought. Yeah. But some people just will, will, will ignite with that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. And part of my talk is, you know, get to know 
the people who are doing it already. It's a bit, same advice as for adults, really. Find a mentor. Find someone who believes in you and can help you on your path. Now, mm. obviously, with younger children, that has to be with the consent and um, the chaperoning of a, you know, of an adult, and and it would have to be done the right way. But there are people who teach, and there are some lovely courses in Maidenhead that were on over the summer that teach people how to design, like kids how to oh, design roadblocks, kind yeah. of coding games yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And again, some of these guys who run these things would be great to come into schools and talk yeah. about if you want to be a coder. Mm. And create, you know, do a little masterclass for a school. Mm. This is how you create a Roblox character or a Minecraft character. And this is what you do. Because, again, that's quite scientific and maths-based and computer-based, computer sciences. Um, But computer sciences aren't just, um, you know, they are creative. They are part of the creative space. Although it's technical, it's part of the creative space. So there's all these wonderful things. So I think schools just have to make it relevant Mm. for today Mm. and the kids will be a lot more engaged with it. Yeah, yeah. And I guess having that better understanding as well, as you said, that what what goes into that might be some science and some maths and that kind of thing, um, is going to help your child as well because they're going to understand it because certainly... Well, certainly I don't understand it as a typical parent. I don't know if I am, you know, it's like another language to me. So I get, you know, even if it's just um, just having a bit more knowledge about exactly. it or what's involved, exactly. you know, um, I would suggest perhaps a large majority of teachers, unless they're a, of a younger age, probably don't know a lot of things but I mean that's a great idea the, the things like even as a parent to find out more about that like the yeah. coding camps I mean they they are becoming yeah. really popular aren't they? They really are. James did a little one <clears throat> that I actually found on Facebook that was a free like a free taster session mm. and it was just a one-to-one zoom thing and it was this lady in India she was very lovely but then and it taught him how to code a basic little game and he mm. thought that was fantastic you know yeah. and it was only took an hour but it, it's just it's just again trying to get, the, I guess, to get the adults around thinking a different way, not to just dismiss something as being rubbish mm. when they don't really know about it. And I know some schools as well have done this. Um, <clears throat> I don't know exactly. I don't know what the program is, but where the children had to, when they were choosing their options, had to complete something online, and at the end of it, it gave them some ideas of what careers that they might go into. Now. Oh, that that's just you, you know through having that information fed back to me from from my uh, child, but I, I don't know in that whether that was quite traditional some of those things. So mm-hmm. if you're a child that possibly likes art and design, whether what popped up at the end of it was probably an architect, or yeah. you know, I wonder are things like. Exactly. The coders or the YouTubers or all those other relatively new yeah. careers, aren't they, are included yeah. in those programs yet? And they are careers. And if you think about it, yeah. so my husband hates my son watching YouTube and he's like, that's absolute, what are you watching that rubbish? It's rubbish. Why are you just watching these screamy Americans? And I just said, yeah, but what you've got to remember, that screamy Americans probably worth about 16,000 times more than you, you know, and... Um, <laughs> You know, he's he's in his twenties, this kid, and he's earning about you know, X million a year. Yes, yeah. You know, and what do we want for our children? We want them to have a stable career where they earn money and they've got a house and they've got a car and da 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 da. Um, so the kids, okay, we, we want to have them, those things, but what's more stable than having a revenue stream that's worth X million pounds coming in every mm. year? 
Mm. I wouldn't say no to it. Well, Melanie, now I don't know what is this typical of conversations that were happening in your house when you were working from home, um, which you shared recently with a national newspaper. But before we get onto that, you have got some other books there. So do you want to just share what they are? My my absolute favourite, and I recommend this to everybody, um, uh, Sir Ken Robinson, who wrote The Element, How Finding Your Passion Changes Everything is a Game Changer, because you will read things he he was on a crusade he died sadly last year um but if you check him out and check out his ted talks as well um he's professor of education and he wanted the education system to change to encourage um more creative space um and this will just really change the way that you think quite fancy reading Um, that one myself another one that i'm going to to that are my favorites this is kind of relevant um the two that i want to talk about is um, Dr. Steve Peters' The Chimp Paradox, okay. another huge favourite of mine. Mm. And this is all about mindset okay. and it's all about why we, so brain science. I'm a big, big nerd about brain science. Mm. And this is about why we behave the way that we do. Okay. And basically, it, it, you know, it teaches you that we as human beings are emotion led first and foremost um, before any of the rational part of our brain kicks in, which is why certain people behave in certain ways and why you behave in a certain way and reading this book um I was in a job that I really hated at the time and I I had so many you know light bulb moments about my own behavior and also my boss's behavior and I thought ah ha 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 that's what he's doing that's why he's doing it now I can cope with it um and um he he's just amazingly good to read and Pam Grout E squared um, nine do-it-yourself energy experiments that prove your thoughts really create your reality Ooh. and this is part of the dreaming to doing talk that I talk about is that mm. your thoughts create your reality so I talk about um, vision you know not necessarily vision boards but your brain okay, this is the brain science your brain doesn't know if something is real or if it's not so it doesn't okay. know that I'm sitting here with you in reality. Yeah. This is just something I'm seeing and I'm processing, mm. but it might, it could or could not be real. If you envisage something for long enough and program your brain to, to have something that you want or something to be, eventually it will happen because your thoughts are things. And you will hear it on business seminars all the time, your thoughts are things. But it is true. If you can visit, really strongly envisage and talk to your mind in a way that you have something already, not that you're going to, but you have it, Mm, mm. you will bring it to you. And the law of attraction Mm. is the same sort of principle. You have to think it, believe it, encompass it completely, and you can change any direction that you want to go And that concept will be used in sports, wouldn't it? It does, I imagine sports It's very, very powerful. A lot of people think it's woo-woo, but it's a practice. Right. And it's a difficult practice because, again, you have to unlearn practically everything you've been taught from the womb onwards and kind of reprocess everything and, and, and understand how the brain works and how the mind works and how visualisation works. And, you know, you can't just close your eyes, think of, oh, I'm going to win a million a Porsche, pounds and then it's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Five million pound house. You kind of have exactly. to, there's a process to it. And, right. um, and, 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 we're, and I'm a big fan of energy work. And, again, that's... A, you know we're all made of energy and we attra- you know we attract things and we do things mm. and this book is about the, there's what i love about this book is a practical experiment there's about four okay. seven experiments in here that are easy do it your do it yourself at home experiments 
that will prove the point that what you think is what you see. Um, and you've done those. You've I have, done those. I have, right. Yeah. Okay. I have. Ooh. And they're amazing. And, you know, you have to be open minded about yes. it. But if you have things on your mind, I don't know, it's a simple one. You know, if you, if you have something on your mind, if you're thinking about getting a new car, and you think, oh, I, I, I'm really thinking about buying the, the latest Audi in silver. And then suddenly all you'll see everywhere yeah. is that car. Yes. Because it's yes. on your frequency. Mm. And this mm. is this is kind of what the, the energy, you have to put yourself on a certain frequency to make things happen or go down. And I've done it. And when I've caught myself going down the spiral of hell, like I did in lockdown, you know, you have to snap yourself out of it and put yeah. yourself back on the frequency where the good stuff's going to come to you. Because if you Ooh. don't, it does work the other way. If you're feeling negative and crappy, yeah. then you do attract the the yeah. the, the nasty. I think I said a bad word there. You, you will <laughs> you will attract the, the bad things that make you feel down and worse. So you have to physically lift yourself up when you're not feeling so it, great, and that's hard. It's yeah, hard to do. It sounds like that does make sense. Well, let's let's have. Don't worry, be happy with with Bobby McFerrin. And when we come back, we've yeah, we've got a chat about this this national newspaper feature that you were in about the working from home. Um, Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. song I wrote, you might want to sing it note for note, don't worry, be happy, in every life we have some trouble, but when you worry you make it double, don't worry, be happy, don't worry, be happy now. Don't worry, be happy, 
when you're worried, your face will frown, and that will bring everybody down. So don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy now. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Now there is this song I wrote. I hope you learned it note for note, like good little children. Don't worry, be happy. Listen to what I say. In your life, expect some trouble. But when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Be happy now. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't do it. Be happy. Put a smile on your face. Don't bring everybody down like this. Don't worry. It will soon pass, whatever it is. Don't worry. Be happy. Back to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell. And my guest today is Melanie Perry from Poppy Perry Media. It's been great having Melanie here. Um, we've been chatting about creativity, um, talking about Melanie's multi-award winning film that she made during um, lockdown because she had to pivot and use that creative thinking to to basically uh, say what am I going to do now with her business which led on to Scooch um, which you can still go and watch and find on Vimeo. Um, If you've missed any parts of the show and you do want to uh, listen to all the brilliant information that Melanie's been sharing this morning you can um, just search up wherever you listen to your podcast School of Parent at Parenting River Radio and you can listen again you can also listen again through our website as well Um, so Melanie we've chatted about we've been chatting about how your business started about the the multi-award winning film and how you're now taking um, your experiences to teenagers and to schools with dreaming to doing um you've lifted some uh, listed some really um uh a few books there and i'm definitely there's definitely one i really fancy having a read of um and just talking about how as parents and you know within our families we can be more supportive not so close-minded a bit more open-minded um to allowing this creativity in mm-hmm. to our lives so um that's been great and You've you've said a couple of times about you refer to the working from home 
situation <laughs> that a lot of us can relate to. But you were featured recently in a national newspaper talking about it. it was, Has your husband forgiven you yet? Because <laughs> I read Bless the article. Him. I know. Bless you. <laughs> Tell us about that. How did that? How did that come about? We've 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 gotten we haven't got long of the show left, but we cannot go without you telling us about yeah, that. It was I'd. I just responded to a journalist uh, call saying I'm after talking to women who um, really want their husbands to go back to work. And I was like, yes, that's me. I don't know what you're talking about, Melanie. That's me. That's me. me. So um, I I sent her a, a message and she found it obviously quite funny I can't remember what I said but um she said oh yes we'll definitely like to feature you so so I'm featuring this article um but again I found it I I'm an only child and I have always been very very comfortable with me myself and I and I like to have my own space it's very very important to me it's very important for my headspace and my and and who I am Mm. and being thrown into lockdown suddenly with my husband at home full-time and my child at home full-time um the homeschooling nearly killed me you know because you're you were doing that weren't you because your your child was a bit younger so you were actually having to to do the sitting down exactly with him the whole time and the first lockdown he just fought me tooth and claw every step of the way I don't think we 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 didn't really get get very much schooling done um and it's it's hard when you're again when you're trying to go through the curriculum and you're trying to get them to do something and he just was not going to do it um in the second one it it was a lot easier because I think he'd kind of come to grips with this is this is how it was going to be um but again you know as a parent sometimes you find it hard listening to your children and this is what I'm saying about things that they want to do you need to listen because you know he's not me Mm. um and this i do quote sarah brazner a lot you know and parents have to realize their children aren't them and they don't Mm. necessarily learn in the same way Mm. i was a very good girl at school i used to sit down i'd do my lessons very quietly and i was quite happy to be sit down face forward and do my own thing Mm. james is not that type Mm. you know so for me it was a clash because it was very very difficult having my husband at home he he came home and he just grabbed my office Mm. for like two years which didn't go down very well. So I was on the dining room table. And um, yeah, I found it exceedingly difficult. And when the restrictions started to be lifted, and thankfully, you know, I, I breathed a huge sigh of relief when my, my child went back to school. And I do have a huge amount of respect for teachers. Mm. You know, don't get me wrong with the things I'm saying. I, I think they're amazing. And they do an amazing job. And they do have very difficult. But I was very, very pleased to hand my child back over mm. to, to the education system. Um, and then my husband's still working from home between two and three days a week and I mm. and I do wish that he would go back full time because now the now things have come to an end. It's like in my view, there's no reason he should be at home anymore. Mm. Thanks mm. very much. Tell us about the whole um when you took your office back because that was hilarious <laughs> when I read that. Well I've been I've been going on and going on and going on and when when um my husband's office started to say, right, okay, we're gonna start easing back into the office space. Um I I was then on my my bandwagon and say well so when can I have my room back then because if you're only going to be home you know two or three days a week then it's not fair that you get the office and I'm still working down here which I can't do because it's breaking my back and I just can't do it and you were literally working from I suppose like yeah, a lot Scooch of people was edited on from dining your room dining table, room table yeah on boxes yes. and a little laptop I mean it's yes. ridiculous so um as so I can't work like this can't work like this an editor I need I need, I need and stuff. a multi-award winning yeah. filmmaker how, how, hello <laughs> 
that's even more impressive the fact that that whole thing was done on a laptop <laughs> on my dining room table um anyway so it's a colin did say at, at one point um oh oh yeah you, you you can have it back so um he i think it was the same same morning actually that um he went out and took Sunday morning took my son out to play rugby mm. so when he went out to play rugby I manhandled everything from downstairs so I've got a lot more stuff than he has right. you know when it, for him to pack all his stuff away he's got a little laptop and a tiny little folder that's it you know he's yeah. quite my husband's very minimalist I'm not minimalist in the slightest I've got stuff with a capital s so I just literally just put everything upstairs when he came back home from rugby he he sort of clocked the dining room and went oh I said what you said I could have it back <laughs> and then he sort of went well, yeah, yeah. So he realised yeah. you hadn't just done a bit of a tidy up whilst he was no, out at rugby. Had, yeah, exactly. Everything gone. <laughs> what had and actually I got my, happened? Got my got my space back. I literally I moved the, the the all all of my stuff, the the drawers, everything. All he had to do was um, move some move some shelves. Um, but it it just made sense because you know I I need my big fifty inch monitor that we bought yeah. for me that you've been using mm. for the past three months, um, and. Um, I need my space back, and then he he just seemed you know he was fine with that, and now now he gets to do it at the dining room table. And I, I said, you know, he's only got his laptop and little folder. Yeah, it's fine. exactly. I said, if you don't like it, go out to the office. <laughs> you have an office space. Exactly. I don't. Exactly. If I can't be in my space, I have yeah. got nowhere to go yeah. apart from somewhere that is not appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Because we did have a few words over. Obviously, my because I have stuff spilling over the dining room table and 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 then you know he's oh well you should put all your stuff away and i said but there's too much of it yeah you and, need oh, it'd it would be nice yeah, to have a dinner at the dining room table I said the reason we're not having dinner at the dining room table is because i don't have an office if you want to eat at the dining room table go back to work yes yes go to your office space that you've got you know, I said, or oh, maybe you can pay your company and I'll go sit at your desk. Yeah. I think, I think for those people working at home, that they, they, they should, the companies should actually put soundproofing into the, these rooms because why are those calls, those phone calls so loud? Those Zooms, Teams, whatever they are, those calls. I feel like they're shouting at each other. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Um, yeah, I think sound soundproofing should be uh, should be an absolute minimum. Well, and and well, actually, t- and tell us where that was in case people want to read that article because it is actually quite an oh, uh, um, entertaining article. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was really, well, that was really related to that. There was three. There was three of us featured, and I yes. got about three and a half column you inches, did. and the two other ones were like pushed to you the top. Did. I was like, I didn't realize we're going to have all this space. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she obviously thought I was quite funny for some. I don't know yep. why, but um, it's in the Daily Mail, and I've I've got it on my Facebook page. I think. So tell There's us what tell it. us what they are as well, because um, because we have nearly run out of time, Melanie. So tell us how people can find out more about you and your yep. social media. People can contact me. I've got a, a Facebook page, Poppy Perry Media. They can, if they want to have a look at any of my my stuff, my videos, um, then they can look on vimeo.com forward slash Poppy Perry Media. If they would like to watch Scooch, then it's vimeo.com forward slash on demand forward slash Scooch, S-C-O-O-T-C-H. And you can watch it there. Or I can be contacted um, via email, melanie at poppyperrymedia.com. Excellent. So, and also people, um, you know, your core business, which which is the videos and and working with businesses, producing those videos as well. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much. Um, I can't believe how much we're crammed in to this hour. So thank you so much for coming in, um, Melanie. It's been absolutely great. Um, And if you missed 
any of our show, you can listen again on podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Coming up later on River Radio tonight at seven o'clock is the uh, lovely Tara Dean inside the music scene, who will be talking to Diva St. John about her gigs and events for summer. And next week on the show, we are going to be talking again. We're lucky enough to have the um, wonderful Claire Cogan, who is going to be talking about sleep. Um, really important area, something that we haven't covered yet on School of Parenting. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, just, you know, all the benefits, particularly for our teenagers. Um, I'm hoping she can give me a few tips too on uh, how we can get better sleep. So thank you again, Melanie, Poppy, Perry, Media. Um, been lovely to have you on and look forward to next week. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music.